Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. A tech incubator is working to spur innovation on the South Side. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. If you head to Chicago's Roseland neighborhood, you'll find 1921. It's a co-working space and business incubator that aims to introduce young people to technology. And it helps minority and women-led startups build companies in manufacturing, tech, and beyond. Every week in our series, Chicago Innovators, we get up close and personal with the people in our region who are transforming their industries and creating opportunities for others to do the same. And today, we're talking to 1921 CEO and founder, James Parker. James, incubator, that's a term that gets thrown around a lot in the tech world. Tell us more about your incubator. What's the mission? Absolutely. Well, the mission is uh, it's twofold. Uh, 1921 incubator is a not-for-profit. It's our not-for-profit arm. Um, uh, to our company. And under that, we uh, look for, uh, train, uh, fund, and launch uh, primarily minority and women-owned startups. And so as many people may or may not know, typically uh, minority and and women-owned startups are the least funded uh, in the tech space, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of factors for that. Um, We decided to say, okay, well, let's figure out what the factors are, and let's create a tech incubator that focuses uh, primarily on that. And so the goal is to uh, find these companies, uh, again, train them, get them funded, and then get them launched. So it's twofold. That's one aspect. Uh, the other aspect is um, is giving people the opportunity to invest, right? The biggest thing uh, right now, Harvard Business School did a, a, published an article in 2021, and it basically said the fastest-growing segment of investments are alternative investments. Well, those are things different than stocks, right? And it's crypto, it's you know, all these things that are different. And the fastest growing segment, Sasha, is is being able to invest in tech startups before they launch or go public. You've watched Shark Tank, and you know, the biggest thing they ask before they even, while they're trying to figure everything out is, once they figure out what the company does, is how much equity they can get in that company. Yeah. Right, that's the biggest thing, why? Because equity is kind of what makes the money. Right. Ninety nine percent of the world can buy shares. One percent are able to get equity. Yeah. Right. And so 1921's model is let's combine both. Let's launch minority and tech, uh, minority and women owned tech startups. And then let's create a way for the everyday person to benefit from these startups launching in the community. Yeah. So we'll get into that equity piece because that's really important oh, wow. okay. yeah. uh, in just a moment. But I, I want to bring it back to what this looks like on a day to day for these um, mentees, if you, if you will. Right. Because sure. 1921, it's giving these business owners access to mentors yep. and investors and other resources. So if I come to 1921 with this great idea for a startup, walk me through that process. What happens next? Sure. So the first process, well, currently we have about 10 tech startups in our pipeline now. So um, we are, the first process is uh, you'll fill out an application, right? So we want to make sure we get 
all we understand what your business does and we understand a little bit about you um because uh, personality and character are huge when it comes to what we're trying to do yeah um after that we look for two factors and this is literally all we look for is the company viable meaning will it make money and then two how many jobs will it create in the community and so once we get those things and we're able to say hey wow Sasha, you're it's very viable. We love the idea. We're going to add some things to it, you know, so we can increase some of the revenue and show you how the business model uh, can work. But wow, your company is going to create 30 jobs in the community. And then we're going to walk you through how to create those jobs, what they look like, and how to start them off at 55000 a year. Now, why 55000 Because in the state of Illinois, the middle class medium income is 52000 Yeah. So if we start these uh, individuals who work for your company at 55,000, we've now moved someone from low income to middle class. And that's really how we're going to transform these communities. So you come in once we, you meet those two criteria and then it's training. Well, then we work out the equity stuff because we're like, Hey, we like it. Uh, Here's how much money we believe we need to put behind it. We, we asked two questions. Are you wanting to be a founder and launch this and be the face? Or do you just have an idea and you're like, Hey, cut me a check every year. You can have it. So that's very important because a lot of people are not entrepreneurs. They're not CEOs. Um, right. And so we have to figure out what you want to do. And part of that questionnaire will will answer that. So yesterday on the show, we, we talked to an archaeologist from Tulsa who's she's helping to tell the story of the race massacre that happened there back in 1921. I'm talking about the destruction of what was known as Black Wall Street. And I understand that that's why you decided to name your venture 1921. So Correct. tell us more about that. Absolutely. So probably about 20 years ago. 25 years ago, I was at um, this event, and I met a woman who was about seven at that time. Uh, And that was my first time hearing about Black Wall Street. And I was blown away. And it was one of those, like, uh, um, you know when you're chosen, like the universe picks you for something? And I don't know why, but ever since then, I was like, I've got to find a way to honor that. And fast forward, I now have a co-working and tech incubator space named to honor 1921. A lot of people know that um, 1921 was a community almost the size of Fulton Market, ironically, um, with 600 businesses, 10,000 residents uh, that was going on before 1921. Right. The reason we called it 1921 is because at that time of the massacre, what a lot of people don't know is that a lot of black owned businesses did not run. They literally opened up days after smoke you know, buildings still smoldering, barbershops open right back up. Mm-hmm. Small bit because there were still residents there. They were not going to be deterred. And it speaks of the resiliency of uh, the black community uh, at that time. Yeah. And that's why we're called 1921, because it's this climate of we can't do anything. And we can. We just have to be reminded of what we had before. 100 years ago, I mean, you know, you couldn't go to a hotel, you couldn't go to a restaurant. So we built our own hotels and own restaurants. There were people who owned planes. There were African-Americans who were traveling to Europe. Yeah. I mean, living middle-class lives, uh, lifestyles. And we, we can do that again. And I, but, um, as opposed to launching businesses downtown and then coming to the community, we're going to launch them in the community. I call it reverse gentrification. Um, and it's where we gentrify the community from the inside out. So, When we launch your startup, we know exactly how many jobs are going to be created and we can identify those jobs. Mm. So before we launch it, we then work with workforce development programs to find people to go through this free training of help desk, tech support, 
sales, whatever. So that means we can we can um, coordinate them finishing their training with the launch of your company, which means they're able to go right into work right after the training. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And for our Chicago Innovators series, we're talking to the founder of a tech and manufacturing incubator in Roseland. It's called 1921. It's a nonprofit that supports small startups and gives local entrepreneurs a place to gather and host learning opportunities. With us now is the incubator CEO and founder, James Parker. So um, let's get back to that equity piece. 1921 is giving people an opportunity, which is really unique. It's uh, a chance to have equity in in the startups that your incubator is going to be launching. How does that work exactly? And why did you want to make that part a priority? Um, So I've been in, uh, I used to work for a software company before I got bitten by the save the world bug, which is how I ended up in nonprofit. Um, But I owned a couple of companies and, and I I watch, uh, um, you know, how people were generating this wealth. You know, Robert Smith, you know, the founder of, of Vista Capital. He's a billionaire because his company, he brought some friends together. Uh, Robert Griffin, same thing, brought millionaire friends together. Hey, let's put our money together. Let's invest in companies. And they get these large chunks of equity. Um, and I started, and I read the, the Harvard Business article. And then I thought, wow, wait a minute. So that's how wealthy people continue to get wealthy. And, and so what we did was um, I, I looked at Facebook and, and I looked at equity and I said, 10 years ago, Facebook went public and their shares were about $39 when they owned. So if you had $1,500, you could get 39 shares, roughly, whatever, whatever it was. Uh, over that 10-year period, those 39 shares, which everyone can buy uh, in April of last year, was about $8,000, which isn't bad. But if you owned 1% equity in Facebook over that same 10-year period, you'd have about $4.5 billion. And that's wow. when the light bulb went off. And I said, wow, what if we gave the everyday person? So I sat with legal, sat with my accountant and, um, and uh, a couple of members of my boards who, who own businesses and are investors. And I said, what if we just set aside a small bit of equity that people could share? All right. And it'd be low investment. I mean, we're not you don't have to invest a million. I mean, this is for the everyday person. We've got educators. We've got retirees. Um, we've got uh, the everyday person, people who work in Amazon, Uber drivers yeah. who heard me on a radio show or went to the website and said, hey, can I get in? And it'll be affordable and it'll be affordable. And so what we did was unlike other ones, when you look at Shark Tank, they invest. They only invest in one company. We made it where, hey, listen, we're going to give you an equity share. It's going to be min- limited. A uh, number of people, uh, but we're going to give you an equity share in every single startup we launch, and we have goals to launch. We have plans to launch about 350 over the next 10 years. Wow! So now you can begin to see how generational wealth, which is what a lot of people talk about, generational wealth can now be developed for the next generation and next generation, all the way down for the next 50, 70, 100 years. Yeah. Uh, and so I got goosebumps when I did that. I was like, Oh my god! And I said, and my friend said, James, you've just built a, a horizontal platform. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, think about it. When you look at a pyramid, only the person at the top wins, right? They're the only ones. When you look at different things, what you've done is you let the everyday person win, black uh, minority and women on startups win, the community wins. Mm-hmm. He's like, everybody wins. Yeah. This sounds like it would be a hit for sure. Yeah. And on top of that, you're trying to kickstart a housing program. 
Yes. So part of so you know um, one of my investors, Megan, who is awesome. Uh, she and I were saying the same thing because I was I was frustrated. I said, "I'm hearing this. We need more resources in the community and blah blah blah." And I started thinking. I said, "When when people uh, from low income communities, um, uh, you know, you, you've heard the term. I made it out of the West Side, or I made it out of here. But no one ever says I made it out of the Gold Coast or Wicker Park or whatever." And I said, "Those are the resources." And so I'm talking to Megan. She's a writer, and she goes, "So what you're saying is," and she just said it beautifully. She said. James, what does it say about a community when the mark of success is leaving people behind? And I said, that's it. I couldn't figure that out. You know, but that's why she's a writer. That's a good point, and though. Good. And so we said, man, if we bring these jobs and we launch these startups in these communities and we're paying people 55000 a year and up, all right, and that's just starting. I mean, you get your cybersecurity certification, now you're at 90, 100. They got to stay. And so we're going to be working with uh, developers to build homes affordable apartments, affordable uh-huh. condos in the same community. So that's how you incentivize. And that's how we incentivize. Say, hey, if you work for any one of the startups that 1921 launches, you get first dibs on purchasing an affordable home, an affordable condo. So now I want you to imagine Roseland with 3,000 plus residents making 55, 80,000 a year and they're homeowners. What does that do to a community? You know, yeah. I've worked in nonprofit. Again, I got bit by the Save the World bug. So I've worked as in workforce. I've worked for CHA. I've worked for the YMCA. I've worked at all of them. And so I believe I'm able to bring that social service kind of thing to 1921. Because all of my friends, like, nobody lets people mm. invest in the startups. You just go find a millionaire and have them put up all the money. And I'm like, yeah, but what if we made 500 millionaires? That's incredible. And what if we encourage those 500 millionaires to say, hey, adopt a nonprofit in your community and become their angel. And I want you to give 10% of whatever I make you. Because guess what? The following year, you're going to make it back anyway. Right. And so every year you do that. Now, what does Roseland and Inglewood and Pilsen and Austin look like? So then tell me, let's look, let's look ahead. What's next then for 1921 this year? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, talk future five Absolutely. years, 10 years down the line. What do you see? Uh, I see subdivisions in Roseland. Uh, I see subdivisions in Austin with homes and, and neighborhoods. Um, where we are right now is we are a nonprofit. We are a not-for-profit. And so obviously we're, you know, uh, we created the stakeholder opportunity, uh, to raise that money. Uh, full disclosure, we do have a large investor who's putting one and a half million. So that allowed us to create the stakeholder opportunity, Mm -hmm. you know, but I mean, we need more. When you look at 1871, I mean, they're awesome. I mean, they are the pillar. Uh, they've launched over 650 startups over the past 10 years. And and it sounds like you're modeling exactly. a lot of their success, you know, onto what you're trying to do oh, here with 1921. Absolutely, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. Uh, they're doing it. <laughs> uh, we're just going to do it in in the different communities. I had a great talk with Betsy, who's the CEO of 1871. Got a wealth of knowledge. Uh, she's incredible and very giving, you know, in that regards. And she sees the vision of of a 1921 on the south side, on yeah. the west side, and how we're able to connect the dots, and now everyone wins. So really, the, the, yeah, um, that's really the next goal. Yeah, is to sounds visit like some good website. collaboration happening yeah. there. So, James, how can folks get in touch if they want to jump into this? Absolutely. Uh, they can visit www.1921coworking.com. So that's 1921coworking.com. They can also give us a call at 312-841-3245. That's 312-841-3245. 3245, uh, leave a voicemail or send us a text and we'll get whatever information you need out. So.
1921 CEO and founder, James Parker. James, thank you. Thank you. This episode of Reset was produced by Micah Yason, and it was edited by Andrew Merriweather. Hear from more movers and shakers in Chicago by subscribing to the Reset podcast. And when you do, leave us a rating and review so that more listeners can find our show. All right, that's it for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.